back over your life. We've just been thinking in terms of kind of the past, the present, the future, and all that God's doing. But I wonder as you think back over your own life, and the decisions that you, you've made, the choices that you've made with your career, your relationships, your family, are there times that you can remember as you, as you think back where you had a choice? A choice to make between stepping out and taking a risk or sticking with something that you knew that was safe. Where you knew where you stood and you felt secure. Has anything come to mind for anybody? I imagine there's at least one or two things for nearly all of us. Some of them may be silly, some of them may be more serious. And I remember back to when Rosie and I were planning our wedding. And here's a, a picture for you of our, our wedding day. Um, we're looking very young. Um, I was quite amazed when I looked back on it. It's a pop-up in a second. Here we go. And so there's Rosie and me on our wedding day. Now, it was a, a really strange experience because, bizarrely, at that time, neither of us had ever been to a wedding before. So the very first wedding we ever went to was our own, which was brilliant because it meant we had absolutely no preconceptions as to what was meant to be happening at a wedding and complete freedom to do whatever we wanted. You know, there was one thing, though, which I knew was meant to happen. After the wedding, at the reception, the bride and groom should have a first dance. Now, if there's one thing that I really don't do, it's dancing. You know, it leaves me feeling awkward and embarrassed. And so the last thing that I wanted was to be put in a situation where I had to get up in front of other people and dance. So when it came to my wedding, I was left in this position where I had a choice to make. A choice between... Stepping out and taking a risk and dancing? Or I could make a decision that would avoid all of that, that would keep me safe and secure. And you know, I so wanted to avoid my own embarrassment and my own awkwardness that in the end, as I was organizing my own wedding, Rosie was in her finals at university, so pretty, I pretty much organized everything for the wedding. I organized it so there would be no evening reception. (laughs) Which meant there could be no dancing. And if there was no dancing, then there could be no first dance. And so we got married, and we had lunch, and we had everybody there, and we did the speeches and all the usual things, and then that was it. We we wrapped up at about, I don't know, 7 o'clock in the evening, and, um, and Rosie and I um, whisked away, and everybody else packed and cleared up for us, which was fantastic. You know, I imagine we've all had times when we've faced a decision, and we've done a bit of a kind of a cost-benefit analysis, and we've weighed up the risks, and we've decided, no thank you. I'm not stepping out of my comfort zone right here. The risk is just too great. And you can see on the screen behind me, we're starting a new series this morning, looking at the book of Joshua called Stepping Out. Because you see, the book of Joshua is really all about the people of God stepping out in obedient faith. And it's the story of what God does for his people as they put their trust in him into action, into practice. 
and they step out and enter the promised land. You know, we, we join the people of God at the start of the book of Joshua as they are faced with one of these choices, one of these decisions between stepping out and taking a risk or sticking with something that they know, staying where put and comfortable and safe. And to be honest, their track record when faced with this kind of a decision isn't the best. You know, to give you a little bit of the backstory, for 400 years they'd been in Egypt. And for most of that time they'd been in the worst of worst of situations, they were slaves. And then God sent a guy called Moses to bring them out of slavery and into a land that he'd promised to give them, a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And God's plan was that they would come out of Egypt and then they would cross the desert and learn some lessons. Then after about a year of traveling across the desert and learning these lessons, they would enter into the promised land. But just as they come to to the point of entering the promised land, God told them to send some spies to scope out the land. To see what it was like. Essentially, I think God's idea was that they would go and see that this land that he's promised them was everything that he told them it would be. It was just as good as he'd promised. It was this amazing land flowing with milk and honey. So the people of God, they're camped on the east side of the River Jordan, ready to cross over and enter the promised land. And the first, But first the spies have to go out. The problem was that some of the spies started to do what we can do when we're faced with a decision to make and a choice between stepping out or playing it safe. They started to do a bit of a cost-benefit analysis and and weigh up the risks. They didn't just look at what the land was, was like and how good it was, but they looked at all of the problems and the challenges that stood in their way and they took it upon themselves to do something God had never asked them to do and to make a decision about whether or not they were strong enough to take it. And what they found in the land were fortified cities and strong armies that they thought they couldn't defeat. And so while two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, came back having done their job and told the people just about how amazing the land was that God had promised them, the other ten spies came back saying, we're scared. We, we, we can't go in there. God may have told us to, but the risks are too great. And the Israelites listened to the ten spies who, who bring this bad report and they are filled with fear. And they start to moan and grumble and complain against God. There is no way that they're going to take the risk of stepping out. Finally, God reaches the point where he says, that's enough. You have grumbled and complained the entire year since I brought you out of Egypt. All you keep saying to me is, why have you brought us out of Egypt just so that we can die in the desert? And if that's what you think I'm trying to do, then have it your way. If you're not going to trust me, you can wander around in the desert for another 39 years until all of you who have made this decision today have died. And then your children will receive the land that I've promised and was supposed to be yours. And so as we start to read the book of Joshua, those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness have passed. 
All the people who had complained against God and refused to trust God have died and they have missed out on the promise. And their children now find themselves with the same decision to make. They're camped on the east side of the River Jordan. The promised land is in front of them. And they have a choice between stepping out or playing it safe. Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who brought the good report, are still with them. And Joshua is now their leader. And then this is what we read in Joshua chapter 1. So it's after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. These are amazing verses of promise, aren't they? God says, get ready. Get ready to cross the river Jordan and enter the land that I am going to give you. God gives Joshua this firm promise saying, I'm going to give you the land. I will give you every place where you lay your foot. I will be with you. Now, let me ask you a quick question. If in one of those moments where you were at a crossroads, and you have to, to make a decision between stepping out and staying safe with a status quo, you know, you've got to make a decision um, as about potentially embarking on a, on a new career or a decision about having a child or adopting a child or giving a, a, a gift to somebody or even just to dance at your own wedding. You've got this decision to make that is going to involve you stepping out. And in that moment, God came up to you and he said, don't worry, I've got this. I'm going to make you successful all the days of your life. Everywhere you step, you are going to have success. And this wasn't just a a prophetic word that some person came along, but it was God himself face to face speaking to you. Wouldn't you be pretty excited? You'd be raring to go, wouldn't you? You know, these, these are exciting words for Joshua to hear from God that fill him with confidence. The problem is that God keeps talking. So, let's read on. God says then in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now, if I was Joshua, I'd be thinking, Oh, hang on a second. What's all this about? A moment ago, you told me you were going to give me the land. All I had to do was walk around and everywhere I slayed my foot down, that land would be mine. You said you'd be with me and you would take care of everything. So, what's going on now? Why do I suddenly need to be strong and courageous? What have I got to fear? 
And God doesn't give Joshua a chance to say anything. He just keeps going. And now he starts to give Joshua some instructions. He says, going on, this is verse um, 7 now. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And so God starts by by giving Joshua this amazing promise of what will be. And what God himself will do. Then he tells Joshua that he needs to be strong and courageous. Because he's the one who's going to lead the people to do it. And then he gives Joshua some instructions and some conditions that come with the promise. And that the people of Israel need to follow if they're going to be successful. And I think there's something important for us to get hold of here. Why do you think God gave Joshua those instructions? And I think God gave Joshua those instructions because he knew what the Israelites needed if they were to end this pattern of grumbling and complaining and unbelief. And start to be a people of faith. A people who chose to step out and trust him. He knew they needed to become strong and courageous. And in order for that to happen, they needed to focus themselves on God and on his truth. So that faith would grow within them. Now God knows there are times when we all have to make decisions between stepping out and staying put. And then often as we make those decisions, we look around at our circumstances and it's pretty scary. It doesn't seem to match up with what God has promised us. And so it can be easy to start to doubt and to question. And like the Israelites, to end up on the path of unbelief. But what I find as I look through the Bible is that alongside each of the promises that God gives to his people... God also gives us instructions and conditions. Just like God gives these instructions and conditions to Joshua. And if we look all the way back to the amazing promise that that God gave to Abraham, where he says, I will bless you and I will make you a great nation and all of the nations around the world will be blessed through you. God gives this amazing promise, but along with a promise comes the instruction for Abraham To leave his land where he lived, where his family was, and go to a new land that God would show him. God gives the promise, but then Abraham is faced with a choice between stepping out and trusting God, with no idea where he'll end up, or staying put with what he knows. You know, God doesn't just give a promise to bless Abraham's socks off no matter what. Along the way, there was something that he needed to do, just as there is for Joshua. God gives a promise, and then he says, so here's what I want you to do. And if we fail to keep the conditions that God spells out, and it's when God spells them out, these aren't hidden secret things that you have to guess about, 
But if we fail to follow God's instructions and to keep the conditions, then there is a consequence and we miss the promise. For Joshua, had he not carefully followed the word of the Lord, he was not going to be able to go on and take the promised land. In fact, along the way, there were times when the the people of Israel didn't obey everything God told them to do. And do you know what the result was? The result was that there were parts of the land that never, ever became theirs. Did you know that? There were some areas of the land that they just couldn't get hold of. So God gives Joshua a promise, and then God gives Joshua instructions. And then this is how Joshua responds in verses 10 to 11. He says, So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, Get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. And then we read in verses 16 to 18 that the people answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. You see, Joshua and the people of God decide to be a people who will step out in obedient faith. And this is a big deal for them. You know, the challenges are all the same as they were before when their parents couldn't face it. And in many ways, actually, they've got even less reason to go. Because at this stage, they've already taken the land promised to three of the tribes on the east side of the Jordan. So, so they could easily start to make excuses and say, well, we can, we can make do here. We'll stay put. But this time, instead of being a people of unbelief, there are people of faith who make the choice of stepping out. And it wasn't an easy step. It was a big deal. So what enabled them to take this step? What changed? How did they become strong and courageous? Had they come to a point where they looked at everything and they simply weren't afraid? I don't think so. Now, Nelson Mandela once said, if you go on to the next one, Nelson Mandela once said, I learned that courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. And I think he's right. And that means that the man or the people who are strong and courageous are not the people who don't feel afraid but the people who don't let their fear control them. The people who conquer fear. And that's what we find here with the people of God. They could have settled for what they already had, but they overcame their fear and chose to step out. And so really, the the message of Joshua 1 is, is very, very simple. God has incredible promises for his people. But the people of God won't inherit the promises of God unless they are prepared to make bold and courageous decisions, unless they are prepared to take steps of obedient faith. 
And that message is true for you, and it's true for me, and it's true for us together as his church. And I know that as an individual, and that for us together as a church, we will not inherit the promises of God fully in this life, unless we are prepared to be a people who are stepping out. Who make, who take steps of obedient, courageous faith. And today I believe that God is wanting to remind some of you of the promises that he has spoken over your lives. That these are promises that he has given and he will deliver on. And he is with you always. You may have given your life to Jesus already and you may have received something of what God has for you. You've got the land of the three tribes. But God is wanting to remind you of the fullness of all that he has promised. That he has more for you. He wants you to experience the fullness of his love and to know what it is to have life to the full with him. Free from all of the things that squash you and hold you back. He wants you to have the satisfaction of living life, doing what you were made to do and knowing the purpose that you were made for and walking in it. And his message for you is to not settle. It's to not shrink back as you look at the risk and you do the cost-benefit analysis. But to trust him. And to take steps of obedient faith. To focus yourself on his word and on his truth. To read it, to memorize it, to meditate on it. And more importantly than anything else, to obey it. And as you walk in obedience to him, and you step out in faith, you can be confident that he is with you. And that he will deliver on all that he has promised. Now I know that in some areas of my life, I've shrank back. I've shrank back from the cost of what obedience looks like. And I've ended up stuck or going round in circles and missing out on the fullness of God's promises. And maybe some of you can identify with that too. But today God is reminding us of his promises and he is giving us a new opportunity to step out in faith and to trust him. And maybe this morning you haven't actually given your life to Jesus. And for you, it's not a matter of crossing the Jordan for the fullness of what God has promised. It's a matter of almost like crossing the Red Sea and coming out of slavery and discovering what it is to be be free as a person and a child of God. And that can be a scary decision too. And that requires you to step out. But let me encourage you that there is no better decision that you will ever make. And God is simply asking you today, will you trust me? His promise to you is that he will forgive you. He will wash you clean and give you a new start. His promise is that you will have eternal life with him forever. His promise is that you will begin a journey of discovering the purpose that you were made for and finding life to the full and that he will be with you always every step of the way. And the instruction or the condition that comes with that promise is simply that you recognize that you need him. You need his forgiveness. You need his help and that you put your trust in him. 
If that's something that you want to do, or if you're not sure but you want to find out more about it, then please come and have a chat to me after the service, or there will be some guys at the front who would love to, to talk with you, or just talk to the person who you came along with today. No, but th- this morning, I believe this message is a little bit different from normal. Because I think it's not just a message that God is wanting to speak to us as individuals, but it's something that he's put on my heart that he's wanting to speak to us together as a church. And if you were here today for the first time, then you're going to get a window into who we are and what we're all about. You see, not only has God spoken promises over our lives as individuals, but he's spoken promises and given us instructions as a church together too. You know, his promise is that we will see lives transformed. That we will see captives set free and their eyes of the blind open and hearts turn from mourning to praise. His promise is that we will see 153 big fish and that might sound strange if you're hearing it for the first time. I don't mean literal fish, but it, it comes from a prophetic word that was given a couple of years ago that we will see many people come to know Jesus and begin a relationship with him. You know, his promise is that we, that each one of us will be transformed. That we will be set free and empowered to live free and to bring freedom to the lives of others. That we will be transformed from one degree of glory to another as we become like Jesus every day. You know, these are amazing promises. And if we're to see his promises come to pass, if we're to see God's love transform lives and he's given us instructions, we're to follow him. To take obedient steps of faith. We're to preach good news to the poor and to bind up the brokenhearted. We're to provide a place of welcome for everyone, however messy their lives may be. We're to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything Jesus has commanded us to do. We're to be a people who are filled with the Spirit, who walk by the Spirit, who keep in step with the Spirit. So that we can be witnesses of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And you know, I feel like as a church we've crossed the Red Sea. We've taken the land of the three tribes. We've taken hold of something of what God has promised us. But we're now poised at the edge of the River Jordan. With a decision to make. Will we look at the risks and the costs and shrink back and stay put content with where we are? Or will we be a people who are stepping out in obedient faith, putting our trust in God and in his promises? And a key part of what stepping out looks like for us together as a church is to refocus on the purpose that God has called us to, to sharing the good news of Jesus with others and seeing people come to know him. Now, most of us know the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations, but are we living it? And I know for me, personally, despite God's promises, there are times when I've looked at the risks, and I've looked at the costs, and I've allowed it to hold me back. I've allowed fear to hold me back, as I've looked at the risk to my friendship with somebody, or the potential cost of being rejected or mocked. And I've shrank back. But this morning, just as God spoke to Joshua, I believe God is speaking to us together to remind us of his promises. 
And I want to respond as Joshua responded and be a voice like Joshua's. What Joshua said to the people is, get ready, prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves to cross the river. So I want to be a voice today and ongoingly that calls us as a people together to be ready, to be prepared, to position ourselves through steps of obedient faith to receive God's promises. And I want to ask you to be like the Israelites. As they said back to Joshua, we'll do it. Only you, you be strong and courageous. I want to ask you to do that because I know that I need your encouragement to be strong and courageous. And to keep stepping out. Let me pause there and just ask you to take a moment to look around you. Just have a look around the room. See some moving heads. Now you're a good looking bunch. and So it's great to be able to appreciate one another. You know, but as you look around, don't just see one another. Look and see the empty seats. Look and see the space that's around at the back. You know, in each of these seats belongs somebody. Belongs somebody out in our community who is yet to discover the promises of God. These seats belong to our families. They belong to our friends, to our neighbours, our colleagues, to the strangers in the street who we pass. That's what God has promised us. And he is inviting us today to step out in obedient faith, to partner with him, to partner with the Holy Spirit and to see people come to faith. That's our dream.